This Choircast podcast is brought to you by Finally Free, a surrender to authenticity. Finally Free is a personal memoir written as a cautionary tale of the dangers of gay conversion therapy. It is my hope that my story can serve to uplift individuals within high-control religions to break free, as well as help parents understand the importance of affirming their child's identity. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Welcome back to Snarky Faith. I'm Stuart Deloney, your guide through the wilderness of spiritually disenfranchised radio. Had enough of the insanity in Christianity? Well, you've come to the right place. We're here on a quest for a sane, grounded faith that aims to make the world better in real, tangible ways. We're not afraid to call out the religious BS or to look for better pathways forward. If your conversations about faith require a heavy dose of... Sarcasm. And even a bit of this... Then welcome home. You can find this and all past episodes at snarkyfaith.com or wherever else you listen to podcasts. We're here, we're there, we're practically everywhere. Just look for Snarky Faith. Previously on Snarky Faith. You know, if you think about it, you have men, you have women, and you have religion. If you look at it, you have more than the men, you have more than the women. You have such power. Oh, such power, such power, such what nonsense? Yes, welcome to Snarky Faith. It's good to be back here and talking with you guys about whatever nonsense is happening in faith, the world around us, and everything in betwixt of those. So yes, you have so much if you have religion. And I captured this recently when uh, I was listening to the radio in my car. So when we talk about religion, let's talk about this stupid ad that I was hearing recently. Hey, Tar Hills, this is Adam Bishop, senior pastor of New Hope Church, with some good news for you. If you ever feel like you are on the edge in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, with your career, you're not alone. We'd love to invite you to join us this February as we look at how sometimes we can actually find purpose in the everyday pain that we... See, that is what religion gives us. That, that bit of, like nothingness that sounds interesting right it's it's kind of like it's like a beautiful bouquet but they're turds or something like that i i don't really know but what i'm getting at is when we use religion like they're using religion like evangelicals like to use religion it's oh if you're having trouble with your finances with your marriage with your family with your car with your taxes Come to church. We'll fix it. And what does anything about that have to even do with, like, the ways and teachings of Jesus? I certainly don't know. And if you were looking for a show that was more evangelic, evangel, evangel, it's hard for me to say that you came to the wrong show. Uh, it's not just me that has a hard time saying it. Also, our former word salad Orange Messiah president 
loves the evangelicals, but can't quite say the word. Christ, the stories of the Holy Bible and the voices of famed evangelical people and evangelists, 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 evangelists like. Hey, evangelicals, you know you've been had when the guy that you purport to worship can't even pronounce your group's name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just so wonderful to watch the hypocrisy unfold. But guess what? We are, what are we, like four minutes into the show already? And I forgot to say, hey, welcome. And this show, we're going to be, later in our show, talking with John Turney from This Is Not Church podcast. And John's got a new book out called RJ the Astronaut. I'll be interviewing him about that. But in the meantime, many of you have come for the choicest cuts of Christian nuts. Oh, the best of the worst. That's right. You've come here for your dose of the Christian crazy of the week. If loving the Lord is wrong, I don't want to be right. Lord have mercy. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows what I want. <laughs> Well, first off in the Christian crazy, we've got titan of deep thought and prophetic everything, Robin Bullock. And now Robin is going to educate us here today because, you know, one thing that I've often said when I'm dealing with the spiritual realm and stuff that, you know, oftentimes... Oftentimes, they can be a little anal retentive. And, you know, I don't think anybody says this quite enough. You know, dot and I's, crossing T's, filling out paperwork, making sure everything is exactly as it should be. And you're asking yourself right now, what the hell are you talking about? And that's an excellent question to ask because Robin Bullock's going to tell us about the detailed technicalities of how anointings work in the spiritual realm. You've wondered it, or maybe you haven't, because this is nonsense. Trump was anointed to be king twice. But when this four years runs out, he had to be anointed again. Oh, what is this, the DMV? Because his our cycles mm -hmm. only run in four years. Ah. So if he was if he's not anointed again, if he wasn't anointed again, when the election comes up, that anointing will leave him. Oh no! What? And he has to be anointed for the next term. Ah, that's because better. he's already spent his two terms. Oh. He's been president this whole time. Wow. Heaven recognizes him as president. Wow, heaven. Wow, you learn something new every day. I thought, like, the heavenly realm was all just, like, mansions, pearly gates, streets of gold. But they don't play around in heaven. No, they don't. Especially when it comes to uh, anointing and when those anointings expire, how you can re-up on your anointings. I mean, it's a lot. But, you know, God's ways aren't my ways. <laughs> I just I just love how like just 
so stupidly detailed these charlatans get when they're trying to explain stuff to us like we're morons. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize any of this was happening. <laughs> Thank you, Robin Bullock. Thank you. Now, next up, we've got Hank Kuhneman. Now, what I'm going to warn you ahead of time is kind of uh, buckle up because it's going to get a bit racist. Yes. And Hank Kuhneman, uh, Pastor Prophet Hank Kuhneman, Hank is doing the thing that, like, folks that are trying to, like, not sound racist like to do. So it's one of those, like, I'm going to start this off with a good story, and I'm going to talk about why civil rights is good, but if I keep talking, it's going to get fucking racist. Like, really racist. And everybody hailed when Obama came. Oh, he's the black-skinned president. I stood in, in, in Chicago, Illinois, with 5,000 predominantly black leaders. So step one, I have black friends, so I can say this. That's the translation that Hank's going for here. And also, I just got to remind you, this is on a Sunday morning sermon. So, yeah. Yeah. And God prophesied, do you want... Listen to me, Chicago. This was before Obama was identified. Listen to me, Chicago. You say you want a black-skinned president. Is this really what you want, says the Spirit of God? So step two in uh, the MAGA prophet kind of playbook, I guess, we have going here. Act as if you are the voice of God and also make sure God sounds like a racist asshole. To cover up for the fact that you're a racist asshole. Check, check, check. And God began to talk about one that would arise with black skin but would have dark policies. And then God said, do you really want Ishmael? Uh, I like how God doubles down here. That God was like, hey, if you guys didn't realize I was being racist, I really want to prove the point here that I'm being racist. But, you know, is this God? Or is this just, you know, Hank Kuhneman being Hank Kuhneman? Because that's kind of what he does. Now, while we celebrated, because, listen, we should celebrate when, when you see what has happened to people that are black skin in our country. They have been treated unjustly and unfairly. So it was something that really we could celebrate. But here's the thing. No, but there's no but here's the thing here. Like, you're talking about humans that are, like, de that you were so, like, this as a pastor, it... It, it drives me insane that this guy from his pulpit dehumanizes people. And it only really gets worse from there and on that line, just to taste more. Because we get so looking at the race car, do we look at the color of skin, we ignore what's happening in the spirit. So Obama might have been a black-skinned president, but he sure had a dark-hearted policy. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Ho, ho, ho. Wow, yeah, that was really, really gross. I'm going to go ahead and just reiterate the fact. Sunday morning sermon. What? And again, what is going on in the fake spiritual realm? We've gone from having anointing issues and treating them like they're permitting now to where, like, whatever's happening in the spirit realm is really, really, really fucking racist and should be alarming to those that are cheering this guy. I mean, like, did Hank Kuhneman 
take the whole like Jesus loves me song way too seriously in relation to being able to refer to people of different ethnic backgrounds like the what are we all red and yellow black and white oof oof not a real good look here but I will end on this part so Kuhneman may have been a white-skinned pastor but he does have a very limp-dicked grifter greasy vision and view of a god that is just as horrible as he is and that's how he sleeps at night but that's just hank and that isn't even the worst of what we're gonna have today because guess what it's time for the christian cringe of the week christian cringe. no god please no no so we've got here pastor greg stevens from victory news and I know we've trafficked. I know we've trafficked quite a bit in the MAGA insanity, especially in, in regards to Christian nationalism, racism, and everything else. But Greg here, Greg Stevens, is going to try to tell you that Christian nationalism is good. And let me just let you figure out the fly in the ointment of his argument right here. They're not based upon fascism that Hitler was. I mean, that's not, he, yes, he wanted pride in Germany again. They'd been decimated by, by the previous war. I mean, their, their inflation rate was, was astronomical, the Weimar Republic. Now, that's what a bad leader can do, but imagine what a good leader could do with nationalism or even christian nationalism oh there you have it folks there you have it there's nothing wrong with nationalism or christian nationalism i mean hitler was super successful with it and we can kind of like give him a little props for that one but you know he did bad things too but just think just think if we made like you know the hitler ideas more christian what we could accomplish. Oof, oof. I don't think it's ever a good argument to kind of be like, well, you know, Hitler did do some things that we could learn from. Oof. Now, I realize that I have basically drug you guys through a mile of sewage, kind of like Shawshank style. But after listening to all of these pastors and prophets that are just fools, idiots, and sellouts, you know, you know, I'm going to offer you someone different that actually gets it, someone that you wouldn't expect. And his name is Jelly Roll. And Jelly Roll, this is a music artist, Jelly Roll, has a lot of truth to say when he gets down and dirty talking about Jesus. And Spoiler alert, this is a thing of beauty. Jesus and the church is going to die again if they don't find a way to portray him the way he was historically known to be. If you look at the history facts of Jesus, which I think favor Christianity in this weird way, that dude is not the dude y'all have turned him into. Y'all have Americanized Jesus and used him as a way of not only propaganda, but you've weaponized God. Mm. That was the opposite of who Jesus was. The same people that you were criticizing and going against are the only people that Jesus had a relationship with in the Bible. He did nothing but protect 
town whores, prostitutes, people in jail. Like the famous story, let he who without sin cast his first stone. He was protecting a prostitute. It's crazy. It's like, man, that's the opposite of what that dude was doing. So that's my problem with the church. It's like, even if we just go by the four books that y'all call the only four accounts of him, this dude ran around with 12 thugs. If he was here today, he'd be on a fucking Harley. Don't you just love that? I, I love it. I, I personally just love the fact that there are folks outside the church, outside these systems of sewage and BS that are bad theologically and just bad to humankind. Isn't it wonderful that somebody else can say, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, he got stuff and we should kind of do more of those stuffs. But the church has no idea what they're doing anymore. Amen, Jelly Roll. Amen. Now, next up, next up, we've got more goodness. We've got more goodness in my conversation with John Turney as I sit down with him to talk about his new book. Enjoy. Joining me today is John Turney, the better half of the duo behind the popular podcast, This Is Not Church. We had his brother, Nat, on the show a little while back to talk about his books, The Seeds of Deconstruction. And now John has a new book out, RJ the Astronaut. And we don't often do fiction books on the show, but AJ the Astronaut is something different. Uh, it's a story, this story is a breathtaking odyssey catapults the readers into the vastness of space while plunging them into the depths of the human spirit. Uh, welcome, John. I am really looking forward to this because I really enjoyed the book. Well, thank you. I am really happy to be here and looking forward to having a fun yet funny conversation. Yes, yes. <laughs> but before we start, I want to give you, tell us a little bit about This Is Not Church, podcast you with your brother. Okay, so I'll ask you the same thing I ask other people. Do you want the long version or the short version? Let's go with the short version. <laughs> okay, so um, short version is at some point in my reconnection to faith, and we can get into that at some point later, uh, I decided to give up the Bible for Lent mm. um, because I was using it as a weapon to attack the people who I thought was using the Bible as a weapon. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm no better than they are right now. So I gave it up for Lent. At the end of Lent, I'm like, I don't feel I ever need to open this thing again. I really mm. don't. You know, not for any kind of attacking people. I might look at it as reference material now, but that's about all I really do. Uh, so at that point, I was like, well, what do I do with that? What do I do with this? And I'm like, how do I? I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could create a situation where someone was alone with no access to any holy scriptures and they end up with a, in a conversation with the divine or the cosmos or... Mm. Um, so that's where RJ the astronaut came from in a mm. long, but at the end of that, as the end of that blog, I was like, okay, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. And I was like, I think I can do this. I think Nat and I could do this. I mean, so I reached out to Nat and I, I think Nat has said, you know, begrudgingly, he's like, he's like, sure, whatever, let's, let's try. And um, it's not that he didn't want to do it. I, Nat's the kind of person who is like, yeah, but how much work is involved? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's always been our relationship, right? Nat, Nat is a, is a go-getter with things he wants and wants to do. But if it's outside of that, that circle, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I have time for that. And I, and I totally understand that because I'm the same way with some things, right? So I was like, don't worry. I'll set it all up. I'll get it going. Uh, let's, I think it would be really cool because at the time he was in church, I was out of church. So uh, long story short, 
we started this podcast thinking we might be able to get some of our friends on. I mean, that's literally what we thought. So we reached out to some of our close friends that were within the deconstruction world, but then went ahead and like email blasted like 25 people thinking these are the people I really, you know, I mean, I do really want to talk to our friends because like, I don't know if you know, Jason Elam, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was our first guest because he were, we were both on his podcast when we were, when we were nobodies, we were just two guys deconstructing and he had the, uh, we had the honor of being on his podcast. So he was one of the first people we was like, Jason's first, absolutely first. But then, so we ended up sending out these emails to people like Brad Jersak and Brian Zahn and um, Paul Young and, you know, those types of people and got yes after yes after yes. And I'm like, oh shit, now we have a, now we have a scheduling problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't just like hop on whenever we want. We have to, I have to actually like pull out a calendar and start writing stuff down. So all that to say, it's been an amazing journey where uh, March will be three years for us. Nice. Um, we, we've done some things right. We've done some things wrong. Um, I think the, the biggest thing we've done right is just always, str- uh, always striving to find people who will make us challenge our own thoughts, mm. uh, make us challenge our own beliefs. So we've, you know, in the last year or so, we've reached out to people of other faiths. Um, you know, we've always, we've always been consistently trying to find people in the BIPOC community and the LGBTQIA plus community, um, to give us a, a different perspective on faith mm-hmm. and their, and their connection to it. Um, but it's been, it's, it's just been ridiculously cool. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to some upcoming, uh, guests. I, I'm looking forward to one that's coming up. I think it's next week that we'll be talking to them and it's, um, I think I'm going to mess up her name and I don't have her book in front of me. I think it's Anna or Anna uh, Gazmarian. And she is, um, she's someone who has challenged her faith and she's, she's bipolar. Mm-hmm. And like we talked before we started recording, um, I have just been recently diagnosed bipolar, which a lot of people don't know. So this is actually going to be the first mm-hmm. for a lot of people hearing it here. And so I have a lot of questions, right? Mm-hmm. She's, she's been dealing with this disease a lot longer than I have. Well, at least with acknowledging what it is. And so that's going to be a really, really, I think it's going to be a really important uh, conversation about it and how, and how the faith community deals with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that the faith community is going to do things like, well, why don't you just pray harder? (laughs) Yes, of course. Yes. That, that'll only, yeah. 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 And we've, and anyone who has any kind of intellectual honesty knows that that doesn't work because Mm -hmm. if it did, there would be, there'd be no sickness in this, on this planet, Mm -hmm. because there's enough people on this planet who truly believe that, that it really should be gone. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And of course, their their answer is, "Well, it's a broken world, and uh, you ha- you also have to have faith." I was like, "Ah, I don't think so." I don't, that that I that that faith and pray harder crap that gets thrown at folks, especially having mental health issues, is something right. that is like it's like the seeds of anxiety and depression and right. all of these yeah. things too. It's like, yeah. oh, you're having anxiousness, go pray. If you're not praying hard enough. Yeah, you're not doing enough, and so yeah, I yeah. Well, it's it's, it's not biblical because how many no. times did Jesus heal somebody within the Bible without them even acknowledging what he was doing? Yeah, right. Now there are some others. That, I mean, I, I you can point to the ones that say that you were healed because of your faith, sure. but they're not all that. So, um, I mean, that's I mean, of course, if, that's if, even if you believe that these stories are true. But mm-hmm. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. So they should know that there is ways to do this per the Bible that should. Yeah work and they don't it's the same thing with praying cancer away right Mm -hmm. and what do you do when it doesn't Mm -hmm. you're like oh shit i mean i've been trying to pray cancer away for uh what is it probably six or more years but trump's still around it doesn't (laughs) i don't know uh (laughs) 
Well, that's the other thing, right? Yeah, that gets all into that whole like you know biblical authority and authority by God, and uh you know which apparently Biden doesn't have, but Trump still has. Oh yes, the mantle is 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 firmly on him like bronzer. Uh, What is it? What is it with people on the right picking just some of the like most like crazy, just weirdest? They're not even they're not even people you want to like look at. I mean, I mean, I, I, I can't deal with the hair. I can't deal with the fake tan. I can't deal. And, and they're just like, he's a gorgeous man. He is, like, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's a Florida 10 uh, in, in a retirement community. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to that podcast uh, coming out too. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I think a lot of the, so many of the conversations you guys are having are, are important. And, and I love how you bring together just different voices. Well, and, um, and you know, and the part that is sad and cool at the same time, and Nat and I, Nat and I talked about this way in the beginning, is like, we're going to have to be intentional, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it's sad that we have to be. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have to be intentional in reaching out to the BIPOC community, mm-hmm. intentional in re- reaching out to the LGBTQIA plus community, reaching out to women, mm-hmm. right? And so actually one of the first uh, groups of people who were a little bit hesitant on coming on sometimes, and we'd get maybe a no every once in a while, was, was women. Mm-hmm. And rightly so i mean mm-hmm. two people that look like me and anyone who follows the podcast know what nat and i look like and my beard used to be much much longer about oh. as long as nat's i mean why would you trust two middle-aged cisgender white men who look like they are trumpers i mean really i mean we look like we just came off a of duck dynasty <laughs> and uh so it was a process to show that you know no we really we really give a shit yeah uh and this isn't you know, when we're talking to people, it's not at that moment, it's not our platform, it's their platform. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's the important part. And uh, just to just to have fun. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the one thing we, we've also said is like, we're always going to have fun. Uh, we're going to make this light. It's never we never want people to feel like they have to have all the right answers, because we sure as hell don't. Yeah. And just make it more like a family conversation around a table than yeah. it, about, you know, an interview. And there's been a couple where they're like, well, I'm not really comfortable with that. I'd like you to have some questions. So I'd, I'd, I'd formulate some questions and say, these are some questions that we might ask, mm-hmm. something like this. And that's been usually pretty good. And then it kind of goes off the rails like we do. And then they kind of go off the rails with us and everything's fine. And it's it it, it's, it ends up being a blast. But oh, you've it, heard, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you got to make sure they're comfortable, right? That's true. So yeah, for anyone interested, check out this. Uh, this is not church. So, yeah, and that gives yeah. me crap for that too, that I... I it's the the this is not church yeah the, the. This is. <laughs> <laughs> like, well let's hop into talking about aj the astronaut rj 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 i i'm actually looking at it correctly uh <laughs> i grew up with a friend named aj for some reason it goes back to rj the astronaut thank you yeah. um and so it this book what, what i really appreciate about it it's it is not a typical book about wrestling with faith but it is in many ways right um what yeah what was it that led you down this path to be able to talk about the whole wrestling with faith and doubt um and deciding to do it in, in a fictional setting as well too which does work beautifully in the book uh well i mean we'll step back to part of that story i told you earlier now and i'll talk about so i um as i was letting go of the bible i i had this idea of like what would it be like if you were in some place that you had no access to any kind of holy scripture, either be digital or book form or anything like that. And you found yourself in a conversation with God and what kind of conversation would that be? Mm-hmm. So as I'm thinking about that, I'm like, well, where, in, where on this planet could that happen? Mm. And it's like, it can't. 
because almost everywhere on this planet, unless I want to put him in the middle of some jungle, um, but then I have to deal with like, how is he surviving and all of that? Um, there's, there's access to um, digital or books almost anywhere, yeah. even on accident, right? I mean, even if you were to accidentally turn on the TV and you'd get some like, you find some channel that's talking about God or something. So I finally decided on what if he was in space and but somehow ended up alone. Mm-hmm. And so again, there should there should be access. So I had to, you know, I had to mess with that a little bit. So the story is right that he is with a group of people looking for another planet. Our our planet's being overpopulated. They're on their way to they've they've found another um, potential planet that we can that we could live on. And in there, there's a major malfunction on the ship, and he decides that he's going to send everybody back in the escape pods, and he's going to ride the ship along until they can come back because he doesn't want he doesn't want the ship to be destroyed by everyone leaving. So if he stays and they come back, they could potentially salvage the mission. Um, so I make it so um, propulsion's out, communications out, but um, don't you hate when you forget a word? Um, life support, life support still works. So life support and access to food still works, but there is no communication. Uh, there is a point where does candy find books or candy find books exists, but I, I mess with that a little bit and that's on purpose. And I, I, I don't really know if I want to give that away right now, why it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's, that was the process. And then, so it was just the beginning. It was just ans- asking questions I would ask, mm-hmm. or I have asked, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I, I was an eight-year-old kid in church in Sunday school asking, well, if Adam and Eve are the only two people on the planet, who do their kids have sex with? Yeah. I didn't say it that way because I was eight, right? I mm-hmm. said, who, how did they, who, who, who do they marry would probably mm-hmm. be what I said. And at uh, eight-year-old Sunday school class, they're not prepared for, for that answer. They don't have that answer. They go, well, you know, God provided or something like that. And I would ask questions like this all the time. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Years later, my parents, this is after I left the church, my, my parents one day just kind of offhandedly said, you know, that back in that time, uh, we actually got called into the pastor's office. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, because you were asking too many questions. And they asked us to like ask you to like, you know, damper it down a little bit. They never, to their credit, they never did. Mm-hmm. But children are smart. Mm-hmm. I, you know, somewhere I realized that questions weren't really accepted here and i just started like bottling up these questions and i asked and so it was about 18 or 19 when i finally said fuck it i can't do this anymore Mm. and i walked away so um but these are questions that i've had since i was in sunday school Mm -hmm. obviously i love a lot deeper now right Uh, when i turned 18 19 i was asked to do a, a local play i was still kind of like within the dogma of the church even though i was on my way out and um, I did this play at a local theater and the majority of the actors were gay. Mm. Um, I didn't know this at the time. You know, I start to meet these people, get to know them and find out that they are homosexual. And as we do this play together at the end of this, I'm like, I've been wrong. I've been told a lie about who these people are. So that, you know, a lot of people it's hell or um, uh, atonement theories, right? That really like, I can't deal with hell. I can't. And in a way it was, cause I was like, as I, I met these people, I was like, I can't imagine that these people are going to hell. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, I can't imagine these people aren't loved as like I'm loved yeah. by God. And so that was the first linchpin for me was, uh, my friends in the gay community, uh, the queer community that I realized, uh, were the same as me, which I had been told for years they weren't, you know, they, they were seeking love and acceptance 
um, just like we are. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first linchpin for me. And so these were the questions that I thought I would ask if I could talk to God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously this goes on and on. So at some point, maybe I ran out of questions of my own, <laughs> but it seems like as I was writing it, as I wrote a chapter, uh, another question would pop up in my head from that. And so you'll see sometimes he'll say, well, what about this? And God will like, yeah, that's for next time. Mm -hmm. And so that's how the, that's how it progressed is like all of a sudden the questions created more questions, which created more questions, which I think is good. Yeah. I think that's what church gets wrong, right? Is they want us to be certain about our faith. And I feel as long as I'm questioning things, I'm growing, mm -hmm. you know, I might be, not be growing they want, the way they want me to grow, but I'm definitely growing towards a better connection to the divine or God or the cosmos or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's kind of the, the, the premise behind the book. That's how, that's how it came to be. And then I just kind of went forward and wrote it all out. <laughs> wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, you, you do this in a beautiful way because, you know, central to the plot is we have, uh, we have RJ uh, isolated in space and begins having these, these conversations with the divine. Right. Um, and you, oh my goodness, you cover a lot of ground in this book <laughs> in, in the questioning. I was just kind of going like, this is, it, it's amazing. Um, how you, anything from like existence, self-worth, suffering, uh, uh, sexuality. I mean, it, there's so many questions that you throw into this. Uh, I, I was just curious, how did you corral this as, as you're coming into it? Because it does, it has this natural flow, um, almost as things open up more and more as the so, book goes on. For me, what I decided to do, because it was, uh, I started it out as a weekly blog and there is, there has been quite a bit of editing from the blog. Um, mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's an introduction on each chapter that doesn't exist in the blog. Um, obviously there's some pretty heavy editing within the, 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 you know, cause I was writing this, I didn't do much editing when I wrote it as a blog. So I mm -hmm. wrote it, I posted it, I would check for spelling errors, you know, that kind of stuff, but I wasn't really looking for continuity and all that kind of stuff, which became an issue on a few things. Um, um, but for me, what I decided to do since I started this pretty much in January, I just followed the calendar. And if there was a month that I figured was, Hey, this is, this is a good month to talk about. So February, this is a good month to talk about, you know, Black History Month, right? So if you kind of follow along, there's a section where we end getting get into uh, BIPOC, you know, BIPOC rights and all that kind of stuff that that followed along with me being within the month of February. Mm. Uh, when you're in June, that's where I start talking about sexuality and homosexuality and all of that. So there was an arc in it as that. Uh, other than that, like I said, some of those questions created other questions and then it just made sense um, to, to follow that question. Um, the, you know, when it got into some of the politics that were going on more than likely, you know, if I was to look back and when I was writing this, which has you know, been a few years ago now, there was probably something specific going on. Uh, I don't think there was any major election, but it was, trust me, Trump was giving us plenty to write about. Right. And, um, and so, you know, the question's like, does, does God even give a damn about politics? Yeah. Or, um, you know, is, is, is United States a, Christian nation, all these mm -hmm. kinds of stuff does pop up. And, you know, unbeknownst, you know, even though the, the far right wants us to believe that we're a Christian nation, we've never been a Christian nation. Yeah. And, and if we are a Christian nation, we're fucking it up so bad that I, I, I don't even know how you would say that anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're definitely not a Jesus follower nation. That's for sure. A but, Christian so nationalistic nation. Yay! Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where Confetti. God is, you know, where <laughs> Jesus is Rambo and he's got two guns and some kind of rocket launcher on his back and he's going to yeah. kill everyone who doesn't believe the way we believe. 
And that's, you know, that's scary. That is really scary. But yeah, that's, that's where the flow came from. Uh, mm. Part of it. it was, you know, I just kind of looked at where we were, you know, and, you know, cause I'm, you know, I try to do like, um, I try to connect with those times, you know, um, I, I honestly, I, um, I don't think I, I touch much on indigenous rights as mm-hmm. much as I would have liked to. So maybe that would be something I write next. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's, you know, we're also learning too, right. We're also growing. So, but yeah, that's, that's where the flow kind of came from. Oh, it's fascinating. Cause it almost felt like, um, it reminded me in many ways about the interchange with RJ and, and the divine. It, it reminded me of Job the book of Job kind of going through it, you know, because there's lots of questions, questions right. like Job has, and then God answers, 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 but also answers with more questions. Right. Um, and, and I know for my own life, but, you know, walking through that whole like line of being able to have faith and doubt, right. um, be a part of it. And how much, how, how much ha- has having has being, I guess, guess, especially when you work in the church, as, as I and you have, questions, like you'd mentioned earlier, aren't celebrated. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, but those questions are what propel us and push us to new areas and potentially sometimes right. outside the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and as you journeyed through things, have you become, how have you learned how to hold the unknown um, in life? Better. I think first of yeah. all, with, with the unknown, I, I'm not sure it, it well, because Christianity and, and faith within that tells you to hold on to something tightly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't, you don't let it go because if you let it go, you're, you're, you're admitting that there's some doubt there, right? So certainty requires you to hold something with a closed, closed fist. Yes. Um, and if you hold anything with a closed fist, say like a small bird, <laughs> you're going to end up killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with that, with that analogy, if you're to open it with either a, a, um, a, a softer op- holding or even an open hand, yeah, you might lose the thing that's in your hand. But first of all, if it's going with the bird analogy, was it something you should have been holding anyway? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, and I, and I know a lot of people that are, that are on this path that we're like holding on to something loosely or not holding on to it at all. And I, I'm at a point where I'm not sure if I need to hold on to anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because specifically within this world of what we what we're calling deconstruction, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like, okay, well, yeah, but how long do you are you going to do this? You know, and I, <laughs> I've had that I've had that question, right? Uh-huh. But people from friends of mine are still within the faith, and I'm like, I have no idea. I've been doing this apparently since I was 18 or 19 years old. Yeah, you know, I've been questioning and deconstructing and 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 tearing it down and kind of building it back up and tearing it down for more of my life than I haven't. Mm-hmm. And so for me certainty which used to be faith yeah. is now certain certainty for me now is lack of faith mm. um doubt and questioning is closer for to faith for me um the um the what's it call it like the infinite unknowing mystery mm. knowable sorry the infinite knowable mystery right so mm-hmm. it's not that it's not known but it's always going to ask me to take another step and take mm-hmm. another step, take another step. So it's, it's this infinite journey of asking questions and breaking down bad faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, that's really where I'm at right now. And if I, if I find those answers in Buddhism, great. If I found, find them in Hinduism, awesome. If I find it by talking to one of my Muslim brothers or sisters, great. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. You know, we had Safi Koskis on the podcast and 
he is a lover of Jesus. Yes. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, better than any Christian I've ever met. And he, he, in that hour of conversation with him, I learned so much about Jesus and the love of Jesus and Jesus' love for us mm. than I ever did in church, honestly. Mm. So I'm, I think it's about time where we just say, Hey, there's, there's more that connects us than, than divides us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, just so disheartening to see people just hate on people who don't think and believe the way they do. And I'm just, I'm just not there. I'm just not there anymore. And so I, I'm just all about, you know, searching. It, it, it's interesting as, as you're describing all of this, the searching and needing, it made me think, I, I don't even know why, but it, it popped in my head, like back to my old evangelical days where we would have like seeker sensitive services, uh, which really means <laughs> we bring those of you with questions yeah. in to be able yeah. to shut those down and, yeah. <laughs> and tell you to stop exploring, stop growing, stop moving yeah. because you're here. I, um, we had a, um, Nat and I were in a youth group together and for what, and he was, a, he was a great guy. It turns out he wasn't a great guy, but at the time we, we, you know, we <laughs> thought he was, uh, you know, you know, hindsight, right? You look back and you're like, and of course stuff was not told to us as, as young, you know, teenagers mm -hmm. about things. So at one point he just disappeared and none of us knew why, you know, we find out later, Oh, not a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so yeah. we're, uh, for whatever reason, we had decided to have a Bible study at his house before school. And it was to meet with Mormons. So we all had to meet, uh, early before the Mormon showed up and he gave us like, Hey, these are going to, they're going to use these kinds of words and we need to make sure that we call them out when they use these kinds of words. And one of them was, uh, for whatever, I don't know why I remember this, but one of them was, they're going to tell you that the reason they know what they say is true is because of the warming of their heart or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Uh -huh. And in my head, I'm already going like, isn't that what we do? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't that, isn't that what we're told this connection of us and Jesus mm -hmm. in our heart and, and so for me, I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to vocalize this at this age, but I'm like, that seems like exactly what we do. So we, we brought them and he was polite. He was nice, but it was yeah. all a ruse just to kind of cut them down and show us that Mormonism is bad and Christianity is good. Yeah. It's like our and, franchise uh, is better than their franchise. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now I, I want to talk about this too in your life because, uh, because I feel like I'm assuming, and you've mentioned uh, as thus far that that uh, there's a lot of you and your journey yes. in in this, yeah. um, and you delve a lot into the whole motif of silence, mm -hmm. um, kind of comparing that the whole like vastness of the cosmos to just right. the aloneness of self, kind of a thing. Right. Um, what kind of where have you found that where silence in silence can lead us towards meaning and connection right. where, where, where have you seen that or how have you experienced that well obviously with some of and again we talked not a lot about this while recording but before um with with my mental illness mm. um you know recently being diagnosed bipolar um i have a really weird love hate relationship with silence yeah right mm -hmm. um so there are times where that is absolutely needed in my life mm. um because i'm also and people, I know people like to, like to throw this word out, and I'm not saying it lightly. I'm also an introvert. Um, I'm not an introvert that says, "Oh, I'm shy." I'm, I'm not shy. I'm not shy. So people think an introvert is shy. An introvert is someone who 
it requires a lot of me to be around people. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where I need to recharge, you know, like recharge my batteries. But as I'm learning, you know, my mental illness and the introvertness and my anxiety and my depression, and all this, right, as it all melds into who I am, um, silence sometimes is the scare is the scariest place to be because in mm-hmm. silence, I get to hear my voice. And my voice at that point is not a nice place. Mm-hmm. The voices in my head are not nice and they're not nice to me or the people around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the, on the inverse of that, there are times where um, being alone in solitude is refreshing. Mm-hmm. But I, I also find myself needing to do something, mm-hmm. right? So it's hard to find myself in that place where I just sit in silence. Um, Henry Nowen, uh, Merton are people that I have gone to uh, in these times. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, Lao Tzu, uh, are places where I go when I when I feel like I'm kind of losing my way on how to sit in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might just be read a chapter and then just sit there and contemplate on that. Um, I, I consider Thich Nhat Hanh my, uh, my mentor, even though we never met. I really wish we would have. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he's passed along. But he's probably another person, I'd say, who, who, understood, who understood Jesus better than any Christian I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... For me, trying to find those places where I can sit in solitude, maybe read a couple chapters of, of um, Thich Nhat Hanh or, or, or something from the Dalai Lama or, or just something from the Buddha. Uh, that's usually where I go. Uh, or like I said, the, con- the contemplatives like Merton, Nowen, who I think are uh, those, those names I've mentioned are all very closely connected in the way they, in the way they, they view the world, the way they view the divine, the way they view our connection to it. So yeah, it's kind of a love hate for me, but, uh, um, so, and, and in writing the book, I think I was, I was, I was admitting that about myself, right. That there are times where, um, this solitude is exactly what I need. And this, and then there's times when the solitude is exactly what I don't need. Um, someone asked me a question recently, um, you know, would you go on a long journey like this? Like, Mm. probably not, Mm -hmm. not alone. You know, if I had made that trip and we and it worked and it was with those group of people and I could then go and sit alone when needed, I would. But alone, mm-hmm. that long? No, probably mm-hmm. not. I mean, I do have I do have this fantasy of getting to go into space. I mean, I, I hope to someday before I die, you know, leave this atmosphere at least once. I think that would be amazing. But uh, alone on my way to like Mars or something. Mm-mm. No. Okay, so if, uh, Be- <laughs> since I know Bezos listens to my uh, podcast oh, all yeah. the time oh, yeah. too, hey, we've got a new guy to pop up in your penis rocket and experience like whatever they do. Yeah. As long as I get to spray paint on it, penis rocket before we go. <laughs> um, well, what, yeah, like we've talked a lot about this, this, this idea of having more questions um, than answers and, yeah. and learning to be okay in those places. Yeah. Um, what are, and you cover a lot of questions and answers in this book. Um <laughs> Well, I, I was just—it's not daunting, though. Okay. No, it, it, no, no. I, I know. I make it make it sound like that, but I, I do. I, I find it just this beautiful journey that you go on through the through this. But, like, what are some questions that you're wrestling through right now? Probably the biggest the biggest question that continually pops up in my head is: Does God even exist? That's mm-hmm. probably the big one. Um, and I used to say on a good day, I was an agnostic on a bad day. I'm an atheist. And I, I've, I've decided that's, that's not good language mm-hmm. because that, that makes, uh, that puts the negative on being atheist. And I, I don't really, I don't really think 
if that's the journey you're on, there's no negative in that. No negative. Um, and I got to stop talking like that. It's the same thing as, you know, when I first started, you know, like questioning homosexuals within the faith, right? My first, and we, I think a lot of us went through these steps, right? The first thing was, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then it was, well, is it any worse than being an alcoholic? Which is, you know, now looking back, I was like, that's just mean. Yeah. That's just really mean. Because I'm still like putting them into a little box that says, yeah, I love you, but um, there's still some things you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while to get to the point where I was like, no, it's absolutely not a sin, period, mm -hmm. at all. So I've just realized that I've been saying this a lot lately that, you know, on a good day, I'm an agnostic, on a bad day, I'm an atheist. And it's really put, and then again, I'm putting these, uh, putting my friends who are atheists, including my wife, into side of a box. Mm -hmm. and says as soon as you figure yourself out of this your way out of this box we can be more alike mm. and i don't even that's not even my belief but it make that's what it sounds like mm -hmm. so my biggest question right now is probably does god even exist the next one is how do we save this planet mm -hmm. and i don't mean that in the sense of how do we save this planet this planet's going to be here if we go Right. Yeah. This planet will continue. We've watched this over eons and eons and eons. I've, I've just watched a Netflix series on, you know, like through the dinosaurs. And it's like, obviously, this planet has been here for millions and millions of years. So this whole idea of saving the planet is kind of it's kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. But what do we need to do so we can continue to survive on this planet? Yeah. And unfortunately, the far right who expects jesus to be back any day doesn't give a shit about this planet because mm -hmm. anything they can do to move us towards the second coming means they get to be in heaven sooner and um it that's i mean that's just i don't understand i, I will never it's it, I, I feel like it's such a nihilistic game that it's kind of like right. well if we can force this to happen if we yeah. can if we can make stuff just so shitty somehow god will come back <laughs> you well, know, it's this well, it's the I mean, same thing with like the yeah, yeah. like Middle East, right? Every time yeah. there's a war in the Middle East, we're like, we're like, yeah, this is what we need. Jesus is coming back. I mean, mm -hmm. to the point where we are like, specifically the the fundamentalists, far right, Christian right, um, uh, the Christian nationalists, right, uh, who are Zionists, mm -hmm. and they know, well, we got to have that temple built. The temple's yeah. got to be built. Yeah. So what have we got to do to make them build that temple? Mm -hmm. And they don't give a shit about the Jews or the mm -hmm. Israelites. They don't. And they don't give a shit about Christians either, because if they realize what they're doing is, as Israel is bombing Palestine and there's Palestinian Christians all over the place, mm. all over the place that are being murdered and they don't care. When's the last time you heard a, a pastor get up and say, what about our, what about our brothers and sisters in Christ in Palestine? Yeah. yeah. Never. So these are the things that really like keep me awake at night right now. Like this planet is on its, I mean, it's, and, I'm beyond this idea that, oh, well, the planet's always on this like cycle of, 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 of weather, right? Mm -hmm. And we're on this 20 year cycle, this 15 year cycle, this 50 year cycle, whatever the, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm tired of it. I just sat through the worst winter that my house has ever had in over 50 years. Mm -hmm. The worst winter. I have people who have lived up here for 50 years. They're like, we've never seen it like this. This is mm -hmm. ridiculous. And then, then to go from that to the hottest summer we've ever had like multiple hundred, hundred degree days in an area that's only 16 miles from the coast. It's like, you can't tell me that something's not up here. 
Well, it. I think. See, the, here's the thing that they miss. I think that like it's not necessarily the Earth is in cycles. I think it's just humans. <laughs> we have our own shitty cycles that we go through. Yeah, you true, know, all true. the time too. Like, yeah, and, and movements, yeah. and and we somehow assume that it's our perspective is the cosmos perspective, which is a lot of what you do in the book too. Reframing <laughs> perspectives in all right. of that. Yeah. So yeah, I would say those are some of the bigger things yeah. that I'm challenging myself with right now. Uh, but yeah, the biggest one is. It, is there a God and do I need a God? Mm. I guess would be the, the two big ones right now. Mm. Well, you'd mentioned this earlier are, are, and uh, in, in talking about this, do you see in a second, a sequel to this book <laughs> at all? Or <laughs> you're, you're, so my, my, uh, my editor was the first to ask. Um, she was about three fourths of the way done. And she's like, so when's the sequel going to be written? Okay. And I'm like, well, can you finish it first before you decide if I need a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, she still thinks there should be one. I've had a couple different people ask me. Um, honestly, I don't know where I would take it. And that's mm. the biggest question. I have another book in mind that's not connected to this at all mm -hmm. uh, that, I'm, that I've been milling around in my head. I've, I've gone over it with Nat, um, my dad. Uh, even though he and I are on different planes uh, religiously, he's still mm -hmm. someone I talk to about. He's also a writer. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I don't know if you've ever read, um, I think it's Between Noon and Three by Capen. Mm -mm. Uh, it's, it's a hard book to read. I, I'll tell you right now, if you read it, um, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate, you're going to be <laughs> angry. You're going to be really angry at the end, but also you're not going to be able to put it down. Mm. And it's basically, it's, it's a book about at the end of it, it's, it's a book about ultimate grace and ultimate forgiveness. Mm. And I'm not going to give away how he does it, mm. but I have an idea of a fictional, ver a fictional story of Judas mm. within the same idea. Mm. Um, because within the biblical world, he's, he's the, he's the biggest villain of them all. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, as I con as I go through this idea of, you know, universalisms, which, I mean, if, if I, if I follow any faith, that's where I am. I'm a universalist. Mm -hmm. Um, that means, that means Judas is wherever we are going to go, mm -hmm. you know, be it part of the cosmos again, be it some, some form of heaven or whatever the, whatever the hell it's going to be. Judas has to be there. Uh, along with all the other bad people we can name, right? Uh, which is always, well, then Hitler's going to be there. Yeah, he is. Mm. But you're going to, again, this is a big if, right? Yeah. If heaven is what you think it is, I think when you see him, you would rejoice. You're not going to be, you're not going to be, you're not going to be angry. I don't think. Uh, but again, that's, that's if there's a heaven like we've been taught, which I no longer think. Come on, pearly gates, mansions, hell. <laughs> I've been promised this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but didn't it, didn't it always sound just a little, uh, well, boring. First of all. Oh, I remember I mean, that as a kid. Like that was like, I, I remember like I was probably like seven sitting in a Baptist church in the South. And I remember, and our music was bad. Like I, even as a kid was like, eh, choir kind of sucks. And this isn't that much fun, but right. I remember our pastor being like, and this is what heaven's going to be like, like forever. Damn. Like sitting in a church service, singing crappy hymns forever. And as a kid, I was like, oh, no, this is horrible. <laughs> and But wait, if God knows that I'm thinking this, does God know that I'm thinking heaven is terrible and bad? And, yeah. and it just devolves into things. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 It's like we're going to be we're going to be sitting around. We're just going to it's going to be constant praise of yeah. the heavenly father. And I'm like, first of all, does what a what a narcissist to feel absolutely like absolutely an egotistical like, asshole yes yeah, like, like at the top like yeah yeah it's like you need this hmm. it's like and that again 
you know, I ask these questions in the book. Does, yes, you does, do. Yeah. <laughs> does God really need us to worship him? Yeah. Uh, and, and then I did the inverse. Do we need to worship him? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert on this, I don't think anyone needs to, needs to read the book to think what I would think. And then it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like almost like um, uh, Tinkerbell, right? If you don't mm-hmm. believe in Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell <laughs> won't exist. So we have to clap our hands yeah. and say whatever we say. I believe, I believe. You know, and, and, <laughs> the God's and, like, and, oh, finally. Yeah, okay. I know, I know. Yeah, so God's up there like fading like uh, uh, Michael J. Fox's character in Back to the Future. He's slowly fading. And then we finally believe in him. And he pops back into existence. He's like, here I am. Oh, okay. Otherwise, the universe collapses. So, yeah, I mean, that is, yeah. that's what Sunday school is for. It's just keeping all of ex- existence here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I really, really enjoyed going through, like just reading and experiencing your journey in this book. I, I think there's so many there's a lot of richness to unpack. Like we talked earlier before the show, I, you know, it may not, it's like you'd said, it's not really meant to be read all through uh, in one setting, but almost to be taken and digested and meditated as you walk through the process. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so. I mean, I, I, I would, I trust me, I wouldn't hurt my feelings if someone said I pick it up and I couldn't put it down. That would not hurt my feelings at all. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I, w- I would think that, some of these questions are going to make people pause. Yeah. Uh, depending on where they are in mm-hmm. their quote unquote deconstruction or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I've, I've had friends who read the book, you know, as I was writing it and they're like, hmm, I think you might have taken a step farther than I can take. I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, well, because I still have a lot of friends who are in the faith, right? Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of, we kind of tiptoe into these conversations sometimes. And so I have a, a really good friend that I work with. And there's been a few times where he's like, Hmm, no. And, 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 but he's, he's pretty, he's pretty staunchly conservative and, and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Uh, I have friends that are conservative who I, or friends, people who I know are conservative, who we just don't talk. Mm-hmm. And then I have friends that are on the conservative side, but they're willing to have conversations with me. Right. We will mm-hmm. disagree, but um, we're still friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are fewer and fewer, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but uh uh, yeah, I, I think either way, either way, but uh, I, I really think there's going to be points where people might need to stop and go, okay, let me let me digest that for a minute. Let me think about that. Let me chew on that, um, and then they might decide that I'm wrong, and that's mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you right now, um, there are things in there that I'm not sure I believe anymore, mm. and I would have to go back and revisit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend uh, Felicia Felicia Merle uh, once said. Uh, that's why Jesus wrote in the sand mm. because, you know, nothing, nothing there to, nothing there to, you know, you wipe it away and that whatever you wrote is gone. And so I, I, I kind of like that idea. Um, so sometimes, yeah, there, it's, it's a little nerve wracking putting stuff in print that you might 10 years later go, yeah, that, that was a crock of shit. <laughs> but I feel like that's the whole essence of deconstruction. It's kind of just, we're, yeah. we're, we're re-editing yeah. uh, <laughs> and going yeah. back and changing like where we're at. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. And all yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, well, the book is R.J. the Astronaut by John Turney. It is. It's again. I. You may be the first book of fiction we've had on the show because usually when people are like I've got a great novel about this, this, and this, I was like, ah, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. Uh, and but this, I I declare it uh, <laughs> firmly fits within <laughs> what we are doing on the show too. It is a it is a thought provoking journey. And John, like, how do people find you? Find your podcast. Find your book. 
all this other kind of stuff. How do people be good stalkers of yours? I mean, followers or whatever of yours. <laughs> <laughs> good stalkers, yes. Yeah. Stalk me in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a creepy way, please. Um, but uh, I mean, well, Nat and I have have the podcast, so we have a website connected to that. This is not church.com. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a section on there where you can purchase uh, my brother's book, Seeds of Deconstruction. There's a book that I wrote a chapter in called Parenting Deconstructed mm -hmm. uh, with Jason Elam. Uh, you can purchase that. And then my book will be available on, on the website also um, February 13th. Now, of course, this is just a link to Amazon because we all know that even though we don't want to give that man our money, Mm -hmm. right now that's the algorithm right that's that's what puts our books into any kind of categories makes it more reachable by people so um i would i would suggest buying at a local bookstore if you can um they're gonna have to order it for you just like amazon though so you'll have to wait for it so amazon is probably the best way to get it mm -hmm. um but as opposed to that, we're on Instagram, we are on TikTok, we are on YouTube, we are on uh, Facebook. You can find us on This Is Not Church or Nat and I both have author pages on Facebook. Um, I just switched over to, I think it's bio.link. Mm -hmm. I've always been a link tree guy, but I switched over to bio.link um, per a conversation I think you were in. I was, uh, I was there, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I switched, we switched over to that. It does seem to be a little bit more user-friendly than Linktree, so yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but that, there's links on every one of our social platforms on how to connect with us. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. And and just uh, a reminder, yeah, RG the Astronaut is the book. And if you do happen to buy it on Amazon, I mean, oh, yes. ultimately, as we spoke earlier, you do want to go into space sometimes. So maybe, like, <laughs> this is helping to pad Daddy Bezos's. Uh, <laughs> pockets to eventually get john into space just like yeah own. yeah mr bezos <laughs> uh if i sell enough books will you let will you give me a seat on your rocket that's right <laughs> i'll sit in the overhead compartment i'll take a yeah 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 for sure i mean once once we're once we're weightless it won't matter anyway right that's true. <laughs> well john thank you so much for your time today um and absolutely it's and i really appreciated the book too yeah. thank you all right thank you well that's all i've got Today in the show for you guys, much thanks to John. You should check out his book. And before I send you off, just a reminder to share the show, subscribe, and give Snarky Faith a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the word out to our new listeners. Thank you for being a part of this show week after week, year after year. I appreciate you all. And as I release you out into this wild, wide world, I send you out with the holiest amount of grace and peace and snark. I'm out of here. Peace be with you. This Choircast podcast is proudly brought to you by R.J. the Astronaut by John Turney, published by Choir and available now. Join R.J. on his out-of-this-world journey filled with loving conversations, drama, and thought-provoking questions. Available now on Amazon.com.
Get your copy and embark on an unforgettable adventure today. Dive into RJ's world where every moment sparks imagination and every page ignites curiosity. Don't miss out. Grab your copy now and soar beyond the stars with RJ.